Praise God. Well, I'm going to get right into the Word of God for today. Amen. It is a privilege to be here, and I'm thankful for the opportunity. I'm thankful that the Lord has saw fit to make opportunity, amen, for us to be here today and to hear from Him. Amen. It is, it is a privilege. Amen. And so we are, we are thankful to the Lord for this opportunity today. Amen. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than in the house of God. Amen. Amen. And uh, I would be here more often if, if there would be an, an opportunity to be here. I'd, I love coming to the house of God. I love coming and feeling what I feel in this place when we come together with, our, with that spirit that's in us. When we come together and invite his presence, great and mighty things can happen in this place. Amen. They can happen out there, too. Amen. And, uh, but amen, I, I'm thankful, amen, that we are able to come together, amen, and do what the Bible says, not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, amen. Just like the ladies going out to the, the place to paint on Tuesday, they're gonna, that's going to be an assembling of themselves together. So the presence of the Lord is going to be in that place. Those people that aren't, that aren't spirit-filled, that don't know about this truth, they're going to feel something. Amen. And so that, there's, that's going to be an assembling together of believers. So we are assembled here, and God can do great things among his people. Amen. Praise God. To the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 1. Amen. And if you want to stand for the reading of the word in honor of the word of God, amen. This word that's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, it's able to divide asunder of the soul and spirits and of the joints and the marrow, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Isn't that amazing about the Word of God? That it can do that. It's like a surgeon. It can cut right down to the quick, right down to the important stuff that we need. Amen. And that's what I'm thankful for about the Word of God. Because every time I hear it, every time I read it, every time I study it, it ministers to my spirit. Amen. And I ask the Lord, let what I read today speak something to me when I'm reading my bread. I don't just go through and read my bread, but I, I read it with the intention of God's got something to say. This is not just me checking a box, but this is God's got something for me today that's going to minister to me a truth, a nugget, something that's going to add to what I already have. Amen. And it says, and you, and you everybody say me. Hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin? Wherein in time past ye, everybody say me, walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. And who is that? That's the enemy, the devil. He is the prince of the power of the air until the Lord comes. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. Everybody say that was me. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of our flesh. And that's the desires and the, the appetites. And that's, that's not talking about sexual or anything necessarily. It's just talking about our appetites, our lusts, our desires for things of this world, whether it's sports or whatever. It's just our desires. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, everybody say, but God, who is rich 
not was rich, but is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us. I say he loves me. Amen. Even when we were dead in sins, even when we were just as wicked as we could be. He hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace are you saved. It was, and this is my little input here, it was a love gift from him. He gave us a love gift. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He didn't have to come down here and robe himself in flesh just so he could be one of us, so he could go to that cross and die for us, but he did it, and he did it out of love. Amen? And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace, which is God's love and God's empowerment, he empowers us, he gives us power to do things that we can't do on our own. For by grace are you saved through faith. Wow, faith is really the key, isn't it? I mean, it took faith to even get in your car this morning and turn the key and trust that that engine was going to turn over whether you were driving a new car or an old junker. Amen? Because even new cars can die. So it took faith to even believe that, well, I'm going to walk out the door at this certain time and I'm just going to I'm just going to go to, go to church. Amen? You never know. So faith is something we operate in every day. And that... Not of yourselves, but it's the gift. Everybody say, it It is the gift of God. Not was the gift of God, it is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Thank you, Father, for your good word today. Thank you for your spirit and power. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your salvation. Thank you for your name. Thank you for this great word, Lord Jesus, that you would minister in this place today. Let every hindrance be bound right now. Let every devil be bound. Lord Jesus, and let our minds and spirits be open to receive from you today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And everybody said, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. This salvation that we have was and is a supernatural gift. The fact that we live and move and have our being today, that we have breath in our bodies, that we're breathing in and out and we're still alive, that our eyes are working, our ears are working, our legs are working, everything, our mind is clear, all of that is a gift. As one person said, that's why they call it the present. Right? Today is is the present, and it's our present from Him. 
because it's in him that we live and move and have our being without him we wouldn't we would stop breathing amen yeah i know your heart's pumping the blood and your lungs are working but how many of us think about breathing okay breathe in and out okay breathe again okay breathe again we don't do that we just do we just breathe we don't even think about it. And sometimes we don't think about the, fa- the fact that where that's coming from. Because what did the Bible say in, in the book of Genesis? He breathed into them the breath of life. So the breath of life comes from God. Amen. So if we have his breath in us, keeping us alive, then we, I believe we owe it to him. He's given us a gift. Amen. He's given us the gift of life more abundantly. He's given us the gift of joy. Not just happiness. Everybody can be happy about something. If I gave you $20, you'd be happy. Right? You wouldn't turn it down. You wouldn't say, oh, no. Give that to Sister Linda. And she wouldn't turn it down and say, no, I'll pass that to somebody else. Amen? Especially if I gave you $100, you'd be real happy. Amen? That would be a miracle for me to be able to give you $100. (laughs) Amen? But that would be from God for sure. Amen? But he's given us joy. He's given us peace. Amen? That peace that passes all understanding, that, that ability to, in the face of trials and tests and difficulties, that peace that... We can just walk and know that God's got this. And he, he, he might be allowing this in my life. And I'm going to serve God no matter what. Amen? I mean, Paul had peace in prison. So much so that he and Silas started worshiping while their hands and feet were bound. Amen? Amen. And he's given us life everlasting. We have to stop and think about this sometime. This thing that we have, all that we have, and all that goes with this salvation, it is a gift from God. Amen. He loved us enough. I mean, think about this for a minute. There's people out there that aren't enjoying what we are enjoying in this service right now. They're right outside the doors of this church. They're right across the street. They're right next door. I don't know what they're doing. They might be sleeping in, sleeping off a drunk from last. I don't know. But they're not having joy and peace and life everlasting right now. They're not enjoying what we have. We are privileged. Amen. That the Lord saw fit to draw us. He loved us enough to draw us and to give us an opportunity to say yay or nay. Do I want this gift or do I not? And we are his. Are we not? And what I have here in my notes is we are his, period. Period. We belong to him. We are not our own. The Bible says we are bought with a price. He paid the ultimate price. Amen? We might peradventure, the Bible says, die for maybe a close family member, but for a whole people? <laughs> Anybody volunteering to go to the cross? 
No, but he voluntarily and out of love went to that cross for me, for you, and he did that over 2,000 years ago. But he, being God, saw our life and wanted us to have the opportunity to choose whether we wanted to serve him or not. We are his creation. He is still working on us, in us, and through us, molding us and making us after his image and his likeness. God is not finished with us. He's still working on us if we will let him. Amen. You can only work on clay if it's pliable. Because we are what? Old clay pots. We're just a ball of clay. And we have to make sure that we stay pliable in his hands all the time. You might be able to use that word teachable. I want to remain teachable. I will never forget from the day I heard this, and I was barely in church. I barely, I had been, I had received the Holy Ghost, but I had got renewed in the Holy Ghost when we got to the church overseas. And this, this sister said this to me, and it impacted me so much that I've never I've tried to never forget this. She said to me one day, she said, you have a teachable spirit. And nobody had ever said anything like that to me. And I walked away from that going, wow. I mean, I felt like God did just talk to me. And I thought, man, and the more I listened, the more I went to church, the more I heard, the more I understood the necessity of having a teachable spirit. And I, I pray even to this day, don't ever let me lose that, God. Don't ever let me become so rigid in my way of doing things that I'm not pliable in your hands anymore and you just kind of set me to the side. Amen? I don't ever want to reach the place where I don't feel like I need God anymore. This is a gift that he's given us. And that scripture says that, for we are his workmanship, in verse 10, created in Christ Jesus unto good works. In his mind, when he created us, he created us unto good works. And it goes on there to say, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. It was before we were born ordained that we should walk in truth, that we should walk in righteousness, that we should walk in the good works of the Lord. But it wasn't like chiseled in granite that we had to do it. He left it up to us. Am I going to be pliable in his hand? If it was before ordained, all I got to do is find the will of God and walk in it. Amen. And everything else is just going to happen. Amen. But he needs our human agency. He needs, he needs, he needs us to put some effort, some skin in the game, if you will. So are we walking as someone who has, who is not his or her own is the question. Are we walking as, as ones that have this heavenly gift? That he's put in us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. He has put a treasure in us. Amen. We have to realize the extent of what we have today. Amen. It's more than just something that gets us in the door of the church so that we can find a pew to sit on. It's something that we're, you know, a gift like this, you know, somebody had to give it away. Somebody had to give it away for us to be here. So we have to turn around and give it away. Amen. We got so much to give. There's, the, the, the abundance of the Lord is just 
unending. I mean, we, you can never give enough of this away. The more you empty yourself out, the more he'll fill you up. Amen? Are we fulfilling the great commission and the plan for every believer? This is the question. Are we taking this gift that we have and using it for what he has intended it to be used for? The great commission is not just a one-event process. It, it, it does say, go ye therefore and teach all nations. But the first word there is go. Go. We are called to go. And that's in John chapter 20, verse 19. You don't have to go there. But that's found in John 9, 20, 19 to 21. And it says, go. Ye therefore and teach all nations. Amen. So that word go really means to change locations. Go, go means leave from where you are and go to another location. So that's what he was telling his disciples then and by extension us now to go out there. Like we were talking about in Sunday school in adult discipleship. The field is out there, not in here. Amen. I was in a church once and that's the, the banner on the door as you were leaving the church said, you are now entering a field that is already wide into harvest. Constant reminder every time you left that building where you were going. You just weren't going out to the restaurant, but you're going out into a field. You weren't just going to Walmart. You're going out into a field. Amen. I didn't know that I was going to minister to that lady this this past Friday with getting her some furniture in her place that, that's been through a really rough time, had a lot of situations going on in her life. I didn't know that that opportunity was going to present itself. And so I And I pray every day, Lord, give me opportunity. Lead me into situations. And then when it happens, it's like, we're almost amazed sometimes (laughs) and we just ask him to do it amen but the lord is just he'll just move us in situations and circumstances and we have to be sensitive amen that's why we have the holy ghost to be sensitive to his spirit and his leading amen amen so we are called to go to minister and to proclaim this gospel to every creature to sow the good seed that we were talking about, and then to water it. So that, like I said this morning, that doesn't mean you, the first thing out of the box that you start teaching Acts 2.38 Bible study. You're just sharing the gospel. You're just planting the seed. You're just telling them how much Jesus loves them. Amen. And then you're going back and you're praying over that and watering that and, and waiting for God to move in that life and create that hunger and that thirst and that desire just like he did in you. Amen. To every creature. We don't get to pick what kind of ground we put the seed in. We just have to throw the seed out there. We're not the righteous judge. We don't get to decide who gets saved and who doesn't. Amen? Amen. Thank God. Because I don't know if I'd be here. <laughs> Somebody might have said, oh, he, don't need, he don't want this. He don't need this. Just let him go. Maybe somebody else better than him. Amen. Thank God somebody didn't say that. About you. When you, Sister Linda, when you were a young person, thank God somebody had enough foresight and, and Holy Ghost to say, hey, she needs to hear this. Amen. What a wonderful testimony that is. Amen. There, and there's your, there's your seed right there, your testimony. Look what God has done in my life. Look where I could have been. Amen. I, I'm a lot, in a lot of ways, I'm like Pastor Parker. I came out of a lot of mess in the world. I, I was out there 
Like I told the guy when I joined the Army, he asked me if I smoked marijuana, and I said, well, I experimented with it. <laughs> that was sort of the truth. Then, and I was sort of experimenting with a lot of things. Amen? Amen. But I was trying to find peace. I was trying to find something that would, that would take away the pain, that would take away the trouble that I was feeling at that time, and none of that stuff was doing it. And here I was in a plasma donor center donating plasma, and I met a girl who was a backslidden preacher's daughter, and one thing led to another, and there I ended up in a in an apostolic, not a, a UPC church, but a church that believed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And God used a backslidden preacher's daughter to get me there. So somewhere along the line, I'm sure I probably prayed a prayer. I don't remember it. But I'm probably praying, oh, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll do whatever. You know, we pray those prayers when we're in a bad way. And then God remembers that. We might not, but he does. And he said, oh, okay, here we go. And I had a choice in 1981. I had a choice. Do I want this or do I not? And I made a choice. And I still walked away from it, but he still had mercy, and he still brought me back to it. Amen. He never let me go. He gave me chance after chance to come back. Amen. He'll, he's a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances. Amen. The world won't give you that. Amen. So we're to go. And then it goes on in Mark 16 and 15 that talks about that we are to make disciples. Making disciples. Amen. We're supposed to make disciples. What does that mean? And that, that was the emphasis at General Conference, making disciples. That means you go out and spend time with people. That means you go out and, and you begin to share with them, this is how I live for God. This is what I do. This is how I pray. This is, this is what I do, my, my habits every day. And we begin to teach. I remember when I went into the, to the church in Okinawa, they, I didn't know how to pray. And I asked somebody one day, well, how do I pray? Well, come on. Just follow me. They just walked me down to the prayer room. Okay, now I'm here. What do I do? Well, see what all these other people are doing. Just kind of do that. Just kind of whatever you feel like. Just talk to God. Okay? So that's what I did. I found a place on one of the couches, and I kneeled down, and I started talking to God. And it just kind of bloomed, blossomed from there. I, learned, I began to learn how to pray. He didn't, he didn't give me a piece of paper and say, say this. He just said, here's what you do. What's everybody else doing? Just follow it. Do it. Amen. So we've got to disciple people. We've got to teach them to be like Jesus. Because what did Paul say? Follow me as I follow Christ. So we are his. We are that. We are that Paul. We're the one that's teaching the next person. This is how we, as apostolics, this is how we walk. This is how we talk. This is how we pray. This is what we do. This, this, these are the things that we do. And then we prepare them to go out and do what we're doing. Amen? Because that's how, that's, how that's how the Lord adds to the church daily, such as should be saved. Amen? They didn't have Bible school, uh, Bible college degrees and everything after the day of Pentecost. But the church, they added to the church after that because they went from house to house, breaking bread and having fellowship together. They were fellowshipping about the Lord. They were breaking bread about the Lord. They were talking about the things of Jesus. They weren't talking about the weather. Amen? 
They were sharing the gift that God had given them. It was so powerful in their life and so awesome, they couldn't wait to tell somebody else. And it's, it's, it's contagious, isn't it? It is contagious. I wouldn't be surprised at all from your all's thing on Tuesday if there's not somebody that doesn't walk over and say, what is it about you all that's different? There's not, I wouldn't be surprised a bit if that doesn't happen. Amen. That we don't minister to somebody just by our presence in that room. Amen. Because we have this gift. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. And then at the end of, of this whole process of, of the Great Commission, what, what, what ended up happening on the day of, uh, in the book of Acts chapter 1, uh, it talks about, and we've talked about this before, that he said that you shall have received power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you to be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, of the world. That word witnesses, if you look it up in the Greek, know what it means? <laughs> Anybody? It means that you're willing to die for this, whatever it takes. How many would, if you were cornered, if you were put in a position like Paul was, where you were threatened with prison and punishment and beatings, would be, would be willing? And, and all, they, all they said to you was, if you'll just deny this truth, we won't do all this stuff to you. How many would still say, I'm sorry, I'm not denying it? How many would, would go through that? Amen? How many would would go through this knowing that your whole family is going to disown you? Amen? We have people in, in Asian countries where it's a, a sin. It's against their religion to leave their religion, especially to become a Christian. And we have people today that are doing that. They're leaving their religion that are willing to allow their family to disown them like they don't even exist because this this thing is so real. And so valuable, this gift that we have is so valuable that they're willing to put up with that. Are we willing to go that far? Amen. To go out there in this world and suffer the possibility of being persecuted because of what we believe. Because it's not a question of if we are going to be persecuted. We are. Amen. Amen. But the church grew. During the during times of persecution, Amen, Amen. It's like somebody told me one time, if you put gas, if you pour gas on the ground, and you light it on fire, and there's and it's a, in like a puddle of water, and you go to stomp on that, it's just going to send little puddlets of gas everywhere, and just spend, send that fire everywhere. You're not going to put it out. That's what we need to do. Any human ability that we have, including the ability to exercise self-control, is a gift from God. What does that mean? Well, what that means to me is I don't have it within myself to love people. To really love people like Jesus loved people. It's not in me to do that. It's in our tendency as human beings to, to judge individuals and say, well, that one looks like a good candidate, but that one doesn't. But I have to pray every day. I have to pray every day. God, give me a love for people. Don't ever let that wane. Don't ever let that, don't ever let that subside. Don't ever let that go down or minimize. Always, Lord. For human mind, it's hard to say, I love that person. Amen? Soul in his eyes. No matter what they've done. No matter what they're doing. Remind myself. Father, that's a soul. Give me a love for them. Amen? I couldn't do a lot for that lady. 
But I moved her furniture and I prayed for her and on Friday. But I don't know where that's going to go, but God does. So I had to be sensitive in that situation and do what God, what I felt like God was telling me to do in that. Was it comfortable for me? Not really. It was a little awkward. It wasn't what I wanted to do if I had my choice that day. But it's what God sent me to do. So I did it. Amen. So we're not exercising. Uh, it's not our own human will that's, in, that's keeping us saved every day. I mean, I have to wake up every day, Sister Bell, and decide I'm going to live for God. Yes, that's my human will, but it's only by the grace and mercy of God that he gives me a desire to want to serve him. Because what does the Bible say? No man comes to him unless what? He draws them. So even to come to God, he had to draw me. He had to have enough mercy on me to draw me to him. So I didn't get to come to God on my own. I didn't make up my mind one day. Something happened in me that God had something to do with. So it's in, it's in him we live and move and have our being. It's the desire he puts in us to live for him. I need him to put that in me every day. It's that gift that he's given me. And I don't ever want to, to look at that gift and say, oh, well, that's just the gift. And just kind of minimize it and, and treat it like something less than what it is. The, his gifts and callings are given to all mankind to whomsoever will, not just to certain people. That scripture says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Amen. When he gave gifts unto men, he didn't just give gifts unto certain men or certain women or certain people. Amen. It was to whomsoever will. So if we have the gift of the Holy Ghost in us, we have the, the ability to do, the, do whatever the, that is within the power of the Holy Ghost to do, to heal the sick and to raise the dead. We have that ability in each one of us. We have that power resident in us. He's, what did he say? All power and authority in heaven and earth is given unto me. That's what he told his disciples. And he gives it to us. Amen? That's why that missionary could turn around and have that next guy baptize that next guy and the next guy and the next guy. Because once they had the, the blood of Jesus applied to their life, they were, they were authorized and ready to go. And that's how they got those souls baptized. Amen? He gives us these these truths, these things in earthen vessels, amen, not for us to hang on to them, but for us to use this gift. Amen. I mean, what if Brother Parker's out of town and you've got somebody that's saying, I need, I need healing, I need somebody to pray, I want to receive the Holy Ghost. Are we going to make them wait? Mm-mm. As one, of the, one of the preachers in Milwaukee was talking about in that video, I don't know if you all caught that, they were praying people through the Holy Ghost in laundromats and grocery stores and all kinds of places. Amen. We can't wait sometimes to get them to church. Is that awkward? Absolutely. Are people going to look like, what in the world is going on? Absolutely. Amen. But is God going to get the glory for that? Absolutely. Amen. It's not about us. It's about the gift that He's put in us. Romans 2 and 4 says, or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth us to repentance? Is thou the goodness of God that we even came to repentance? Amen? And we, we read that in the, the scripture that we started out with. Not of, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about us boasting about what we've done to get to God. 
He's the one that gets all the boasting. He's the one that gets all the glory. It's his glory. It's his honor. Amen? 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26 says, And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle and unto, unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves, if God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. If God will will peradventure give them repentance unto the acknowledge of the truth. We couldn't even repent without God putting that in, a desire in us to say, I'm wrong. God, who's the one that we're repenting to? Is God, just like David. In thee and thee alone have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. That's what David said. I'm, I'm offended you, God, more than anybody else. Amen. And God put that in him to want to be able to, to because Saul couldn't do that. Because that spirit in him, was he was just rebellious. But David had that tender heart, that teachable spirit. And I don't want to lose that. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who has them captive, who has who are taken captive by him at his will. Amen. When we were captive of the devil, we it was against we weren't we didn't know we were captive. Amen. We were a prisoner of war. Man, but God gave us a gift. Acts 20 and 28 in the Amplified 2028 20, in the Amplified says, "Take care and be on guard for yourselves and the whole flock over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you bishops and guardians to re- to shepherd and to tend and feed and guide the church of the Lord uh, our God, which he obtained for himself, buying it and saving it for himself with his own blood. As I said before, the ultimate gift of love. God purchased us with his own blood through our Lord Jesus Christ. He, that, was, that was the ultimate sacrifice. Amen. That was one of the most demeaning things that a human being could go through was to be crucified on a cross. And he put himself through the most gruesome and and cruel punishment possible for our sins so that we didn't have to go through that. So tell me that we don't owe him everything. He gave us that precious gift of his love, his agape love. That agape love that, that God has toward us is an unconditional love. No conditions were involved when he went to the cross for us. He said, it's worth it for my creation. Amen. It's the very least that we could do is give back to his kingdom all that he asked us to do. Amen. Given it shall be given unto you, right? That's not just talking about finances. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. Amen. I want to give him my everything. I want my life, amen, my thoughts. Everything that I do, everything that I think, everything that I say, I want it to be for his glory. Amen. He's given me this awesome gift. I want to give back. Isaiah 33, 5 through 6 says, The Lord is exalted, for he dwelleth on high, he filleth he hath filled Zion with judgment and righteousness and wisdom and knowledge and shall be stability to thy times and strength of salvation. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Amen. The fear of the Lord, the reverence of the Lord, 
He has put that in us to be able to, to recognize that we need to honor and love Him. Amen? Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 6. Second Corinthians 12, verse 6 says, For though I would desire to glory, I should not be a fool. For I will say, to, say the truth, but not now I forbear, lest any man should think of me above that which he seeth me to be, or that he heareth of me. This is Paul speaking. Next verse. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the, the abundance of revelations, there was given... To me a thorn in the flesh. It was given to him. It was a gift. This thorn in the flesh was a gift. Given to him. Amen. A mess, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Wow. Who would give a gift like that? My goodness. Who, who wants to volunteer for that gift? I don't see any hands. Lest I should be exalted above measure. Who would give a gift like that? Next verse. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that he might that it might depart from me. Next verse. Unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Most glad. So where did the gift come from? From God. So wait a minute. You're telling me that God gave him a messenger of Satan to buffet him? Why? It says right there that he might not be lifted up because of all the great revelations and all the things that God was going to use him to do. God had to send something to him to help keep him humble. A gift. It says he gave it to me. And who would receive that gift? Nobody raised a hand, but what does Paul say? Most gladly, therefore, go back. Thank you. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities or my weaknesses, my inabilities, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Next verse. Therefore, I take pleasure. Thank you, God. Thank you for that splinter that you stuck in my hand. Anybody ever had a splinter? I had one Friday from helping that lady move furniture, and I could not wait to get home. It was hours before I could get home and get those tweezers out and get that thing out of my hand, but it was driving me crazy. Hey Amen. I'd rather been cut than had that splinter in my hand. If you've never had one, you have no idea. They are. It's just like one pain like you wouldn't believe. Can't wait to get that thing out of your skin. And Paul was saying, thank you, God, for sending that. For giving me that, that gift. Thank you. I appreciate it. In reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. Any volunteers? <laughs> Are we willing to go through all that? For when I am weak, then am I strong. Well, who's really the one that's strong? God is. For his strength is made perfect in weakness, isn't it? In our weakness that he sends to us as a gift. <laughs> Thank you, God, for all these trials I'm going through. Thank you, God, for making me have to be humble. 
Amen. And I just, I think, when I was thinking about this scripture, I thought, man, because I think about these men that I think of in my mind that God uses so mightily, you know, in ministry, like I could say names like Lee Stone King, and, and you think about how God mightily uses them in ministry, but what did they have to go through to get to that place? And we have young preachers that say, oh, I want to be like that one. Oh, you don't. (laughs) You want to ask to go through what they went through to get that? Because God didn't just give them that because they were nice people. They spent a lot of time on their face in prayer. They went through a lot of struggles and trials. And some of them had physical difficulties in their bodies. And God allowed them to go through things in order for him to get them to the place where he could turn that on in them, basically, and use them that way. I mean, look at the life of Paul, greatest preacher that there ever was. Look at all that he went through. How many of us would have quit halfway through that? But he's sitting there saying, I, I, I'm excited about this. I'm glad the Lord did this. Man, it's just, this is going to make me so spiritual. <laughs> Amen. Isaiah 33 um, no, I already read that. So so he gave him the messenger. Amen. God doesn't want us to get all conceited and elevated and thinking that we're something that we're not. Because we have to remember through whom we have this gift that we operate in, whether it's tongues and interpretations, whether it's intercessory prayer whether it's healings or mere whatever it is that god's using us for we have to remember that he's the one that's operating it through us we're just a vessel we're just the conduit we can't let ourselves get lifted up and forget where the gift came from amen it's his gift he gave it to us for his glory we need we need to do it for his glory amen So having a a weakness in our life can actually be a gift from God. Amen. Acts 21, 10 through 14 says, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he was come unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus hath saith the Holy Ghost. Well, imagine being that guy. have to tell that to Paul. So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth this girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. He had an opportunity right there to say, Yep, I'm done. I'm backing out right here. But God sent the Holy Ghost to tell him. So Paul answered, What mean ye? Then Paul answered, What mean ye to weep and to break mine heart? For I am, I am ready not... Not to be bound only, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many of us are ready to die right now for the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Amen? How many of us would would say that if we knew that was coming? They're, they're doing things in other countries where they're going in and basically cleansing the land of all the Christians. And they're just going into churches and killing everybody and burning everything down. And, and they're no, they don't care if it's children or women or, or whatever. They're just doing it. 
Amen. And those people are saying, do what you're going to do. I'm going to, you know, they might not have truth, but they're, they've decided Jesus Christ is the way they're going to go, and they're willing to die for that. Amen. Would we be willing to die for that? Amen. Paul considered it a privilege and an honor to serve the Lord in whatever capacity after the things that Jesus suffered. If this is all I have to go through, then I consider it a privilege. This is what he was saying. If this is all I have to go through, God, then this is a privilege. Because he didn't have to die on a cross. He just had to go through beatings and shipwrecks and troubles that were brought on by his own countrymen. Amen? And Paul was excited about all this stuff because these circumstances and situations were bringing him to a place where he was going to get to go to Rome and preach to Caesar. Amen? Are we willing to go through whatever it is that we have to go through? Acts 20 and 24 says, But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. So he acknowledged that he received this gift, this ministry from the Lord to do these things. And so he put himself in the hands of God. Amen. So wherever we are today, as I'm coming to a close, so wherever we are, whatever it is that we're doing, whatever it is that we're having to suffer through, whatever trials and troubles that we're having to go through, if we are truly in this for the glory of God, then none of it will really matter. As Paul said, none of these things move me. Are we willing to go through whatever we've got to go through to see the kingdom move forward? Amen? Because really that's what it's all about. With this gift that's in us, he has made us to be those laborers. And the laborer is worthy of his hire. And the laborers are just to go and do what the husbandman says they, that he needs for them to do. Amen? Are we willing to do whatever it takes now that we have this gift, this precious gift that's in us? And the Bible says that he has preordained our path. And all we've got to do is just walk in it. He's preordained us. Amen? You know, God talks to to everybody he he's always talking i believe that amen some people hear from god and it just seems like sometimes some people don't why is that amen because god is no respecter of person so he's not just talking to certain people and the rest of us are just tough luck amen i believe that he's talking to every one of us just sometimes we're not listening Amen. He's saying things to us, and we're just too busy to hear what he's saying. Amen. There's, a, there's an old song that Larnell Harris sang that it says, I miss my time with you, those moments together. I need to be with you each day, and it hurts me when you say that you're too busy. Busy trying to serve me. But how can you serve me? When your spirit is empty, there's a longing in my heart. And I just want, I I miss my time with you is what he's saying to us. Amen. And there's times that that I just want to just 
Sister Bell, I just want to go somewhere. I, just, I want to find a place where nobody knows where I am and just go there. Spend a day or two or three or a week there and just do nothing but listen for the voice of God. Get away from all the cell phones and all the stuff that's cluttering my time. Because there's a gift in me that God's wanting to use, and I can't be good, useful for Him if I'm so busy being busy for Him that I can't hear what He's saying. He might be trying to tell me to go somewhere, to go do something. And if I'm not listening to that, if I'm not listening for His still, small voice, if, if everything that He's trying to see is being drowned out with all this other stuff, how can I be what I'm supposed to be for Him? Amen. So the question that I have for you today is regarding this thing that is a gift from God. What are you doing with your gift? Amen. Let's all stand in this place as Sister Parker plays this song. What are we doing with our gift? Are we squandering it? Amen. Have we stuck it in a closet somewhere? Have we said to ourselves, or as the enemy said to us, uh, you're, you're not one of those. That's for other people. That, that thing that God wants you to use you mightily in the kingdom is for other people. But once again, God is no respecter of persons. He is willing to use anybody that wants to make themselves available to his will. Amen.